think I'm finally getting the hang of this. I appreciate everybody's oh, patience. We are, live. are we live? Yeah, we are. All right. Um, we have. Let's see. Is this gonna work or what? Did I figure oh, it out? It is. I'm yeah, it says, yeah uh, there we go. There we go. It says we're streaming live on YouTube. Um, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, we have Matt, Mr. Matt, and Mr. Cody's going to be joining us. Um, DS Trucks, Sleepy DS, sitting in front of his 6'2", up and live. He's rocking and rolling. He's literally rocking right now. Whoa, um, dude. Whoa. Look at that. Is dude, he there? I, I, I punched in Power Stroke Tech Talk in one of the first populated like auto-generated hits from the community was location. People want to know where you are. Was location. Location. Location, we're working on trucks. Everywhere. Literally everywhere. Um, let's see. What do we have down here in the bottom? Did I goof something up the last time? No. Everything looks fine over here. I think I got it. I think I have it. Yeah. Dude, entertainment level is going to be all time tonight. Second live stream, Power Stroke Tech Talk, not podcast, live stream. Um, I'm taking everybody, live DS Trucks, action. if DS has any uh, questions uh, for PTT, he can uh, make sure to get up in that that super chat and uh look, look at them pearly white smiling we're just having fun up here guys and um you know there's a couple things we were going to talk about um we have the first batch if you guys have checked the social media out today uh the first batch of uh kill switches are going out uh coming up this week and i think uh there has so far been a quite nice response to it uh, everybody seems to be receptive and uh, inquiring about uh, how they can save their super duty. So uh, we definitely have uh, some stuff that's exciting. Uh, Mr. Matt over here, he is uh, rocking the PTT shirt. We have to get uh, get some oh, more. I got. I feel bad for the guys oh, who keep no, asking me about the mediums. I don't. Uh, look at. I don't have any. And I keep uh, keep procrastinating on it. Dude, this is really what? tripping me out. What's, What's tripping you out, man? I'm I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the comments on uh -huh. YouTube, but I'm trying to look at the screen that we're on too, and it is just screwing with me because I can't you tell gotta, which one I need to look at. You got to ignore the screen with us on it and just look at the comments only. Well, no, because then I won't remember if I'm staring at the camera or not. A lot of the uh, a lot of the recent comments I've been getting have has been uh, mostly to the uh, charger cooler duct replacement video that just went up on Friday. Uh, a lot of guys were uh, going to the Instagram and talking about, you know, is this a common thing I'm seeing? Is this going to be a recall? And you know, <clears throat> I think to address if it's going to be a recall, definitely. Um, not like the 18 mo3 for the cab chassis where it was the ducks or the ducks the charger cooler duct was blowing apart 
this one isn't really blowing apart, although I have heard of them blowing apart. This one is kind of getting eroded by oil. And I don't know if it's just the flow of the pipe uh, or where the oil collects, you know, just being naturally in there from the CCV and in the intercooler, it just kind of erodes the pipe. I don't know, Matt, have you seen a lot or not a lot, but have you seen, you know, a good handful of those where it's just oh, got, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? It's right where the, uh, the, where the vacuum hose, the vacuum tube and the, uh, the degas hose are just right underneath it. You One guy. A little split, but. I mean, are you only seeing it on pickups and not cabin chassis? Yeah, I have done, I think out of all the pick, I say if I were to guess, I think I've probably done probably a dozen pickups. And out of all those, I would say probably one cab chassis. Um, it's fairly easy to replace seven milli uh, worm clamp down on the uh, intercooler and, you know, just a uh, wiggle clip, uh, you know, using your pocket screwdriver or what have you. Uh, but one guy had actually mentioned that uh, his coolant hose is touching the duct and is almost chafing on it. And I was wondering, uh, I checked mine, mine was, was fine. I was wondering if DS's was chafing, although his is a 450, it would still be orientated, you know, possibly, I mean, in the same way, but I don't know. I haven't looked, um, but I will say this. Well, I wanted to say, or you guys would know, uh, in the video you mentioned a plastic one, a hard plastic one versus a rubber one. So, which ones would be hard plastic? Different models or different years or what? Different years. That's your eleven through sixteen that had the the plastic one. What up, Ford Asset Tech? So what that pla that plastic one doesn't fit the new ones. Um. No, At you all. can't interchange them. That's Eli, Aaron. That's him right there. So another Eli. thing too, though, even with, uh, like you mentioned, the recall, would it ever be recalled because it's technically not a safety thing or is it, you know, I mean, well, there's a certain power that, that. that uh, <clears throat> you know, obviously are going to require it to be a recall, but. Would that be technical service or would that be. Um, I guess losing power because it seems like recalls mainly safety stuff. Where it's like, uh, oh, well, stuff has to it. happen over and over yeah. for for that. Uh, that I bet that if anything, it becomes a customer satisfaction yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what most of I shouldn't say most of good amount a good amount of Ford's programs are customer satisfaction generated. Yeah, Absolutely. but when they but when they send out the whole thing, like let's send letters to everybody, and it's all over the news and all that, it's usually isn't that usually like a safety thing? No. Uh, yeah, and no, or it's an emissions thing. Yeah, I like, guess it depends on emissions. how many times that has to happen, or yeah, because I know guy Cody might know the exact FG. On it, but... sorry, to, sorry to interrupt you, FG. If you're asking, uh, fresh tuna, daddy in the house. Do you guys still cover the seven threes by all means? And I have to make a very, very hintful suggestion. You might want to stay locked to the channel because we have some very, very, very exciting seven three content coming out. And I'm not talking seven three old 
7.3. I mean, new 7.3. I'm talking all old, old 7.3. Not IDI, but old 7.3. Uh, so yeah, we do and we will. Uh, it's something uh, that's very popular because guys are still running them. And um, uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Daddy Duna, uh, Daddy Diesel with the fresh tuna. Always like the sandwiches with the no crust. But uh, <laughs> answering the questions, I like the uh, Ford Asset Tech. I was able to talk with this guy. Uh, he reached out to me over the internet and had a particular issue with a high pressure oil problem uh, that was quite unique uh, on a six liter. And uh, and look now he's uh, watching us watching us live here. Uh, seen a couple comments from him there on the uh, the YouTube. So good to see him tuning in. It looks like Nick. Uh, Vatcher says my 2026 seven got a wrench light 19,000 miles. These 10 speeds are junk. I got an uh -huh. interesting video that I just did uh, regarding a uh, a problem with a, a 10R 140 that we saw. And um, it was kind of interesting. It has nothing to do with the customer satisfaction program uh, 21B30. Um, but nonetheless, it was an issue and it was in a gazillion pieces uh, on the bench. And I had, it was just, the parts were massive. The case was massive. Like there is a lot of stuff in this trans. So um, I do apologize. I uh, would hate to have had issues with mine. Uh, I wonder, uh, Nick, if you're still with us, what, uh, what was your bill date? If you know off the top of your head and what was... Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know how long you've been following the channel, Nick, but I did recently have that's probably. I can't say for sure it's the same wrench light, but probably a similar situation where I had a wrench light come on and some weird shifting. I went and had everything reprogrammed, and I've, I've been good ever since. So, mm. you know, probably something simple. I don't know. My thing when they come out was new revisions to things or new whatever is you got to give it a year or two to figure out the bugs and then it's usually bulletproof yeah or somewhat because i mean shoot look at the six seven when it first came out and there were low plug tips eroding away and falling down into the cylinder mm. yeah yeah that's true. that would have made me not want to buy a six seven at the time but yeah when you want to come out with a real you know extreme products like 10 speed transmissions and heavy duty trucks. I mean, uh, I guess things happen. Yeah. What's but this guy say? FG says my PCM died and I am awaiting a repair on it. I'd be upset. <sighs> Weird buzzing noise shifting forward to third sounds terrible. Build date was July, 2020. Hmm. A buzzing noise, huh? Interesting. Interesting. Ouch. I just hurt my ankle. I, I wonder no I, I wonder if you. Nick if he has uh I wonder if he has had any of the uh, any updates done at all. I wonder let's see here. Cuz I had some information. There was a uh well I don't know necessarily if that was that was his particular problem. Fred Talon. 
Talon. Talon. Um, bleh. have I done the recall? Uh, I haven't performed the gear set change out, but um, I've pulled a 10 speed now and it wasn't much different than pulling a six speed out. It was actually kind of nicer because you don't have a transmission dipstick tube block. I'd agree. Housing bolts. I'd agree. But the hey, thing, I mean, hey, we don't Matt, have an Daddy. adapter that works perfectly for it yet. But Daddy Diesel brought something up, Matt. You wanted to talk about it says if we had to guess how many duties are at the Kentucky Speedway. Uh, what would your guess be? All of them. <laughs> All so of are them. we being at the dealer, Matt? Are we short on Super Duty? Dude, we're short on everything right now. Everything. And I think the the media isn't doing a good job at covering what's actually like missing from the trucks. It's not like they're taking, as far as I know, they're not. They don't have like one PCM they're sharing to get all these trucks off the line and throwing them in Kentucky Speedway's parking lot. Well, you know what? That's actually, that's interesting because I was there at Ground Zero with the 150s when they were missing uh, parts. And I can tell you, it was kind of weird. It was kind of all over the place. It was like, for at the start of it, it was bad. It was like wiper motors, um, different modules throughout the truck you know you i mean my my understanding has been wiper motors and um moon roofs i never seen a uh truck get built without a moon roof but maybe a module the of whatever module they use okay maybe a module i don't know i don't there were i think there was a supply issue with the bronco sport to the point where if you were to build a Bronco Sport now and you wanted it now, you wouldn't be able to get it with a moonroof because there's a oh, yeah, shortage. I, I did hear that. Um, but being on ground zero with the 150s, seeing how many how many components were missing, like you, Justin, just keep, keep in mind, my area that I've worked in is very tiny. It's very tiny. And it was just a substantial part. There's a yeah. substantial number of parts that weren't even... Like, we're just not putting this on, not putting that on. And then it was, they were driving, they were drivable, you know, drivable to being parked wherever they were being parked. But I just remember thinking, like, this is going to be such a nightmare to fix all these trucks. Because we can build those trucks real quick. Right. You know, you're on the line. Quick. But to go back and then, to, I, and you have to wonder if the infrastructure is there. Roush, man. To keep Roush. track. Roush will get all those things. Yeah. It's they'll, get ret- they'll get retros to do it. We did it on 650, 750 when they were rolling those out back in 16. Well, late 15, yeah. 16. It's, it's, yeah, they can do it, but we, we're running these trucks. We're running these trucks off of the line so quick. It's just going to take time to get that stuff. Best yep. case scenario is going to take time because all those repairs are going to take time. You're not, nobody's going to walk up to a truck and it's going to be done in a minute. Nope, they'll have a VIN list. They'll have a VIN list that says this truck, it needs this, this, and this. And Roush will go and put this, this, and this in it and they'll program it and it'll be on its way. Oh, we got a local Brighton Ford dude. What up, Aaron? I just, uh, that's the second person I've seen with the name uh, Aaron. uh, Aaron fixes everything. That's awesome. Brighton Ford. Brighton Ford. I I hear you guys got a. is that true? You have a big uh, fleet center over there or a big uh, truck truck thing, big building? 
Dude, I don't, I don't stuff. know if anyone touches our, our truck shop. I'm not sure. I feel like you guys do, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I think, I think I heard Brighton. Brighton's got, uh, got a Fleet Center, uh, Coast Cincinnati Diesel, Daddy Diesel. I'm pretty sure they do. That uh, particular case, you done messed up, Aaron. Um, the uh, the truck that uh, Eli had, Ford Asset Tech, was quite a uh, interesting uh, high pressure oil leak, and actually somebody commented, um, Mr. Matt, if you go to the <clears throat> oh, that's what that. Okay. Yeah. Did you see? You see what I, what I did? I send that to you or a, a screenshot? No, I got the notification. It was oh, my did air, you? Yeah, it was my air leak story. That was yeah, 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 ago, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that one, that one should be out. Or did I never share it? No, I don't. You never told it. I you never, never told, wound up talking about it in the podcast. I thought I okay. No, this is, no. This is a really, really good story. So, uh, <clears throat> if you guys want to hear a six liter air test, you might want to. Uh, grab some popcorn so um guy that had worked in our truck shop and worked very strongly said here um so working on a six liter went to lead tech kind of told him what was going on so he's like okay so and so you need to air leak test it and he's like okay he uh he just glances over how to do it you know pulls icp out sticks the uh the adapter hose in there and then he's got another guy in the truck and buddy's got this air hose held right up to his ear Uh-oh. and yells crank it and my lead tech was just like what are you doing oh and he was about to have you know i'm sure it's not that much was well i gotta think about how small I don't know. You're probably going to have a couple hundred PSI oil squirt into your ear. But uh, yeah, he saved Buddy from having an ear full of oil because he didn't realize that uh, you're supposed to just put shop air to the high pressure oil system. So this guy oh, this guy was going to like blast oil right into his eardrum, like right up in the canal of his yeah. ear. Ooh, yeah. He's got shivers. Yeah. Like, like, oh my goodness. Just imagine, like the pe- like the doctor is just like, Ooh. what am I supposed to do with this? Ooh, Robert Short's got a good one. I got a 2011 F250, 6'7", 4x4, hard shift between one and two going up and coming down. It's programmed. Man, that could be two things going on. I have to find yet any 6'7 trans tuning that doesn't make it feel like you're about to snap leaf springs that those things shift so dang hard. Arkham, but it could be uh, a valve body issue right there, especially on the coming down part. Feels like you get rear-ended. I have uh, had quite a few eleven through sixteens where the uh, throttle body. What am I talking about? The valve body, like the whole, you know, uh, solenoid pack, valve body, the whole main main control, yeah, the whole thing. but they actually needed that. And it was like a two, three share, that two, three shift flare. Um, and then, just... then you'll have the real, real harsh downshifts. Yeah. I, if it's a real, if it's harsh downshifts, I just do a valve body, but 
That's interesting. I don't really get into the trans, but I was just explaining. I, th I don't know if you had heard me. We had uh, the parts with this 10R140 we had on the, on the bench tour part was pretty beefy. Like, whoa, like, whoa. Um, A-Rod, did you see the pics on the Ford Diesel Tech Facebook forum on the fuel filter fire? I did not, but I will reiterate again, anybody knowing anybody fuel filter fire getting a fuel filter fire on their Illumiduty or power stroke i want you to reach out to them uh i, I don't i don't have uh, a lot of time uh to be uh trolling through facebook um but uh please get them my info i'd love to reach out to them i want to talk to them uh maybe get them on the show and i want to i have some uh, some detailed questions i want to ask some chain of events that that happened uh previous to this this fire that's starting because it's been something I'm, i've been seeing I had people screenshot on Instagram or or text message, you know, front of a duty's completely melted, um, you know, flames, you what, know, 10 from feet the, high. From the fuel filter crack? Yeah, yeah. So it's a, hmm. uh, yeah, it was a technician's truck. I think that's what I heard too as well. Uh, he had just changed the fuel filters like 2,000 miles ago or something. Um, I'm just curious. How in the I don't world know. does the truck catch on fire? I don't know. I just uh, so that's that's what I was you know thinking, but I just I don't know. I just got a lot of a lot of questions. I guess I don't know. Being a driver and Super Duty owner myself, and I want to know is this something that that I need to talk about on the channel, and do I need to make a video on this regarding? Well, it's, you know, it, it's interesting. It doesn't always catch on fire. Sometimes it you know cracks and sprays fuel everywhere. It's a mess. I want to say we usually have them just. They just crack, spray fuel, put new filters on, and down she goes. Um, but the whole fire thing and what's igniting the what what is igniting the fuel? Is it heat? Um, it, yeah. it, it, had, it had to be heat from the manifolds or turbo or something. That's what I'm saying. It's got to be real, real hot. That's well, what I was thinking. A lot of them you see is they're towing. So they are. They're right. Well, they're that's correct, Ford Asset Eli. I mean, never seen, one. never seen one really not towing. If it's spraying out there in a real fine mist, it would probably make it a lot easier for it to combust. Right. Yeah. It doesn't that's, really just light, you know? It's not like gasoline. Absolutely not. That's interesting. I would love to see this. But think about this gasoline on the hot exhaust mm. manifold. What's going to happen? Well, the manifolds aren't on the inside, so it's just squirting on. Just the hot engine. This is right by the turbo, I would think, right? Near the turbo. Is that why they took the insulation off the hood? Maybe because it was getting <laughs> soaked. It was getting saturated and then No, I think they did that for cost and it's yeah. not really necessary. That's why you have uh you have they did one fit these two. I have a video I have a video coming up uh every uh, everyone um, that is interested in new vehicles right now, they are hot commodities. Everybody wants it. Currently, right now, I have one for sale. This is my very, very good client of mine's. Client. Okay. We have a 2013 
these are the pictures I have just right now. A 2013 Super Cab, Lariat, um, only one owner, only maintained and repaired by me. Um, if you guys are interested or are looking for a truck, um, get with me, uh, email me or something. I can uh, pass you along some information, get this thing uh, sold. Because if you're looking for a truck, this is, you know, one where you're always questioning yourself is like, has this been taken care of? What's it been doing? You know, all those unknowns can and will be answered it's uh you know a grandpa gold it is a, it is a grandpa gold it is that's, a grandpa gold that's um, an interesting uh topic considering uh used truck prices are just so like my 450 is worth more money than i paid for it i was just messing around on uh the um, 250 350 group on facebook and i'm like you know ninety thousand. the truck the the truck uh is 81 new msrp and i was just like ninety thousand. and right. i'm getting direct messages and guys are like are you or, or uh is the truck available all kind of crazy stuff and it's like hmm all right we've got two good questions evan says he's having issues with his ac okay what kind we might be able to maybe tell you double x diesel do you guys work flat rate i do at my local ford dealer here in vermont um, yeah, we're flat right here, baby. You know the flat oh, right someone says right kind here, of. diesel, diesel fuel. Uh, can I kind of get paid flat rate between 126 degrees and 205 degrees. Is that, that that's Fahrenheit? Mm -hmm. Diesel, uh, 126 degrees. Dang, that ain't that hot. Oh, that's funny. That is a funny comment from Ford Asset Tech. Yep. I yep. was just about to say something. A, a good one. A good one. Because um, I just talked to someone about this the other day. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. It's the guy um, sitting below me. This is a good question <laughs> worthy of, of, a, of a super chat. A super chat question. Uh, we should get some of those rolling in. Ford Asset Tech. There's a really good reason. And I guess there's three good reasons. One, the FRP is in there. Not saying that you could have a biased FRP, but FRP is the eyes to the PCM, what's going on in the high pressure fuel system. Two, there is an orifice that is in that rail that is supposed to equalize the pressure between this rail and that rail. That little orifice can become dislodged and there is, uh, I have a picture. I think I tagged it in the end of the video that I talked about the fuel system on the bench. And uh, there is a torque sequence with the PCV and that sometimes can get messed up. Cause I remember Cody, uh, he, we were going over this and doesn't it, isn't there, doesn't it uh, cut its seal actually into the rail? Yeah, it cuts into the, the rail. And the torque sequence is to help clear the chips, is what I, from what I understand. So if you just replace the whole rail, you eliminate most of the problems with a 88 or 2291. Then you're just left with injectors or the pump. The injectors you can do with the, what is it, M15 for the returns. Mm. 
check for leaks on the return side and you get no leaks and the only thing left is the pump at that point. Roger that. Roger that. Let's see here. Let me go over here. Uh, we never have rails in stock, so if it looks like a PCD, I do PCD. Yeah. It's a... Uh... Oh, shoot. CP coming through. Um, uh, A-Rod. He goes that's, here. What's he got here? Ford that's dealer. For the, that's for the piece of cheese he ate off the bottom of the pizza pan tonight. He felt uh, that, so he's got to pay you back. <laughs> I have a 17 Platinum 350 I bought used from a Ford before I owned it for... I split the upper fuel filter. The truck dropped the fuel less than a mile. Wow. Andy K. Andy K. What do you got that? How do you have your truck upfitted and what are you using it for? Because we don't, we don't really get a lot of guys on here with uh, cabin chassis trucks. No, no, we don't. We don't. Because that's probably 70% of my customers are commercial fleets with cabin chassis trucks. So I got a sweet spot for them. I think a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of my repairs are cap chassis uh, trucks. I think a lot of it has to deal with how they are actually um, used and maintained. But, you know, it is something that I can't control, but nonetheless, it is something I have to deal with. And 11 foot utility. Okay. It can be such a wide variety the 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 ratio of repairs are how far will exceed the pickup trucks but i still you know i still have pickup trucks the pickup trucks usually have you know the the stupid stuff the interior creature coverage don't work and i almost would know. rather work on a cabin chassis well that's just me that's that's just me cp4 yeah. to cp3 conversion nah yeah it's not enough of an issue not for not for us at least. I don't see the purpose in it. Cody, yeah, can you no. answer this for me? Is is the pump in a six four a CP three? I think it's a uh, what is it Simmons or Siemens or whatever the hell they are. Is it a Siemens? But I thought it was a Bosch pump. I don't think so. We can look know, it in the coffee table book. Let's someone pop that coffee table book up because it's got He's three. On. I'm it's a radial it. radial piston design like a CP3. So I'm like, hey, you know, I've seen a lot more 6.4 pumps fail than 6.7 pumps. The CP3s so, on the Dodges seem to last a long time. That's probably why everyone likes them so much. Hey, did you guys see that comment from Chris uh, 66B? Said his uh, upper fuel filter failed and it dropped the fuel mm-hmm. level. You guys saw that? Did you guys talk yep. about that already? I've seen that happen. But I'm saying if, if fuel if diesel fuel ignites at 126 degrees, then it's structured to ignite it, right? I mean, unless depends. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. It didn't get on something. I mean it's just very odd to me because you know, we'll have trucks that have uh injector hold down bolts break and miraculously bend the hell out of that stainless steel line and the injector will be damn near hanging out of the truck and it never catches on fire yeah i mean i i'm curious to what's uh, how's it actually catching on fire 
I mean, it has to be pretty hot. It'd be, it'd have to be like, you know what, while we're on the the topic of fuel systems, is there anyone in that's watching right now that has had to service a three liters belt or pump? I've done a belt. I've done a belt at Roush before there was a procedure. Because, yeah, you became the procedure, didn't you? Yep. I pulled the cab. Yeah. I think if I if it was me, I'd probably pull the trans to do the belt. But if I'm doing the pump, I'm probably going to do CP3 pump physically will not fit in a 6.7, so it can't be done. I'm sure there's somewhere you could put one drive it off the accessory drive belt i mean people there's people that do Put it second pumps on them anyway yeah hmm that'd be interesting to see i mean i've seen them with two before but yup i mean i've seen six sevens with exergy double pumpers on them but we haven't had anything come through the store that had a double pumper on. Sean, doesn't your 450 have a TPMS on the back? No, sir. My my truck doesn't have it because it's uh, got the 19.5 inch tires. Really? Yeah, I think uh, I think a 350 dually can can have a factory tire pressure monitoring system. True. Now it's now the aftermarket ones. I'm not sure. I don't have one, but I'm sure there's something out there that's aftermarket that you can put on a 19.5 inch tire. I don't know. That's a good question. That would be for someone that works at the truck plant to know if they, Cody, you know, if they put the, um, the TPMS receivers in cabin chassis trucks. Oh, uh, I do not. I mainly, I mean, I mean, it mainly do the uh, performance side of things. So engine performance and, Check yeah. engine lights and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know if you had an idea. Oh, was he was he asking for a cabin a cabin chassis truck? Who? So so Andy K, a good a good way to figure it out was be would be to check out Big Truck Big R V. He's got an aftermarket uh tire pressure monitoring system on his F four fifty. So whatever he's got over there probably work. Uh Ford Asset Tech. Um Eli um i have a it's it's gonna be like probably 18 minute video and i talk about a 207f 20ee 401 uh vehicle that you know really really i learned uh it was really a hard uh, diagnostic uh, followed it all the way through. Unfortunately, I feel, um, you know, embarrassed to talk about it, but, uh, you know, unfortunately the vehicle came back five times and Ooh. it, it really sucks. Um, I, uh, each time thought I had it, thought I had it, thought I had it, took it out, drove it, all the numbers look good, come back and, yeah, it, it really sucked, but you know, it was a learning experience. Luckily the, throughout the whole process, the biggest, biggest thing is the customer was so understanding. Um, it was a big a fleet company. They had multiple vehicles, so they, they, uh, they totally understood. But uh, to the point I was making those 207 Fs and 401s and 20 E's, if you don't have 
the right information to look at or the proper scan tools. Uh, us Ford guys, if you guys know, uh, you guys know what we're talking about. If we're using FDRS or IDS, you know, we were, there's a lot of info uh, we can really hone in on, and it is, it can be trying. And I go over in my video to basically, you know, kind of tell my story and show you guys ultimately what I found and how not to miss it because the very, very first step, everybody is skipping. skipping. And I'm what? checking the air filter. I'm checking guilty. an intake for restrictions. Oh, yeah, that too. I'm behind guilty. the throttle body. Be more I, precise. I, I, I had to replace the air filter and kept on moving it. The gauge was sucked down. So it, um, yeah, it's going to be a good video. Eli, you should watch out for that one. Uh, it's in production right now, but, uh, so did you end up cleaning out that? Did you put a manifold on it? No, I wound up cleaning it out. I wound up uh, using my little vacuum and, and kind of uh, picking vacuum, picking vacuum and, and basically, you know, extracting all of the, the broken carbon pieces out. And, you know, something that I've never really used and see, that's why I don't know if uh, other scan tools like these Solus's and, and blah, 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 if they can access <coughs> um, the mode six data and Matt knows what I'm talking about. There's this Knox catalyst conversion efficiency. Um, what would that be, Matt? Like, is that a graph? Not graph, but just... No, it's just mode chart. six. Any, uh, any, literally any scanner you have can read mode can six. I, it can has I? to. Um, um, maybe that's mode nine. Yeah, maybe mode No, nine. it's mode six. Mode six Cody. is... Oh, mode six is oh, OBD2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's got to be mode six. Um, and, you know, watching the, the Knox efficiency and, and the range it's supposed to be in, you know, it really can tell you if you've fixed your concern. I never used to look at that. I never really, um, I guess was it really honed in to It'll the, tell you. yeah, it really, really will. Assuming all of your sensors and data is, is correct. Like you want to make sure you have good knock sensors and they're not biased and you know, blah, blah, blah. But um, you I know. mean, Cody knows this because him and I love to talk about those two codes is I scan the truck. If I get a 20 EE 207 F dude, I don't even do the pinpoint test yet. I go drive the truck and I pull up Knox one and Knox two and see what's going on. And then you can kind of hone in which, which way you want to go. Yeah. Which way you want to go? Because if you just start like that, yeah, I would almost say that pinpoint test is backwards in a sense with having you go drive 25 miles after you've checked everything. And most people are going to get, you know, they're not really sure how to interpret it. They're like, you know, they might have a connector one way and think it's the other way. And they're like, Oh, well that circuit's good when it's really not. And Long story short, that pinpoint test, those codes, you can't shortchange at all. If they're saying check pin fit, you got to check pin fit because I got burned on pin fit on a def injector once. Fred's got a good here, a good point here. He says there's a TSB floating around and there is uh, for 207F and 20E. And there, I talk about it in the video that I made and it's good. Um, 
um, to bring it to, uh, I guess, point now. In the very beginning of that uh, Adobe PDF, it's in bold. It says, nothing upstream will cause a 207F and a 20EE. That is not correct. No. Stuff upstream can cause those codes. So I seeing it in bold was like, yep, okay, there's nothing there's nothing up there that is going to be causing this. So it was all downstream, you know, I'm concentrating, you know, I've already, you know, did the dosing tests and I've got, you know, good knock sensors, you know, is it the SCR? Is it the inject, you know, it's nothing upstream when in fact it was something upstream. So So here's here's my question for Aaron and then I want Okay, Aaron, say you're the average person. What would you expect your NOx readings to be upstream if your EGR valve was sticking open? Not enough to make the truck run rough and stumble, but like it's enough to be doing something to a combustion event, if you know what I mean. Oh, look at this guy, Boostang. Repping, thanks so much, brother. I appreciate it. Yes, you know I got you. Um, um, I think I remember that particular job. <laughs> I'm always lurking. That's funny. I appreciate it, buddy. Um, so I guess I don't know how to answer that. Would you expect Knox um, one to go up or down? Well, Knox, if it's, if the EGR valve was sticking open, Knox is going to be going down. So I just, you know, you have to know how, that is supposed to function, I guess, and really. Right. Cause I think a lot of people would be like, Oh, well, if the EGR is open, it's got to go up because more Knox is going in. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not it's, the cooling, case. it's cooling it more. So it's going to lower Knox. Mm-hmm. So you just gotta, man, you just gotta pay attention to stuff. That's all it is. It's ah, there it is. We got them. Who's a you got who asset tech? He thought it. He said it would be high. I'm not out to get anyone. I'm just trying to help at this point right now because this code, these codes are just annoying. You would go low. Yeah, not introducing inert gas that's going to lower combustion temp, so you're going to produce less NOx. So that's a good way to see if your catalyst, more particularly your SCR is doing what it should be because if you have your Knox 1-1 should always be higher than your Knox 1-2. So if it's inherently lower, let's just give you, you know, for sake of argument, if it's, if it's 200 up front and it's a hundred out back, well, then, you know, your catalyst is working in my particular case in one that I had uh, and not this one on the video I was talking about, but I had a, a couple of uh, weeks ago, both knock sensors were reading the same. How is that possible? If you got good knock sensors, there's gotta be something wrong with the catalyst and it's not, it's not using that, that material. It's made out of combined with the heat and the gas flowing, not the, talking about fuel, the exhaust gas is flowing through that, that chemical reaction is not taking place for it to reduce that number coming out past NOx one, two. It's a pain in the butt. It's not something 
I remember when first starting off, Eli, he's going to have to learn, you know, uh, or has learned, uh, you know, EVAP, doing EVAP. I don't know why when I think back now, I don't know why I could not connect the dots, man. Like EVAP, I just, I don't know. When I think back, I don't know why I just couldn't just connect the dot. Like it was the hardest thing for me to grasp. And, you know, now... These it's, guys are diesel hacks. Who's these guys are diesel hacks? This interesting. Real good, buddy. Very um, interesting. All right, sure. Yep. We'll see you. And um Sean's over there laughing. He paid the guy ten bucks to say that. Well, I'm not really. I'm a diesel hack. I mean, I'm sitting here. Let's see you guys. You're talking about. Uh, I know what EVAP is. That's is that the system that captures the vapors from the fuel tank? Or am I wrong? Yeah, your EVAP system. Yeah. I and still then, have to look at the. Then, I have to look at the manual every time to see how it works. Because what's an EVAP system? I mean, I mean, I don't know how <laughs> it works. There's a bunch of hoses on the fuel tank. I know that, but then I mean, I got a. I got to work on both gas and diesel in our truck shop. So it's like I had to re. And I do know the EGR learn stuff. Uh, the exhaust gas uh, recirculation and it's to lower emissions by inserting the exhaust gas back into the intake, mm -hmm. which makes less power, but less emissions. I don't know. It's kind of interesting how you can I'm a, reduce I'm like, emissions by using emissions. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? I don't think this stuff works. I don't think, you know what I mean? I, I don't think at the end of the day, I don't think it all works. I think, you know, you got your DPF filter, but then if you do a region, I think you get it all back. You just turn it into something smaller. That you, Maybe you don't see it, but. Andy K. Thank you, okay. Andy K. Appreciate it, bud. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember where we were going this before we were rudely, uh, interrupted jake reigns if transmission goes do y'all replace them or rebuild them yeah wow that's a loaded question it's kind of the same thing with engines it depends um i always give the customer this option so we can go with a new assembly or a ford quality reman those usually carry like a two-year unlimited mileage powertrain warranty so anything happens to it you're covered you're also going to spend a lot more money or we can repair just the problem and service part warranty is only going to cover those parts that were replaced so say you have a uh, lower end issue and it drops a valve afterwards when it's rebuilt for unrelated reasons, no workmanship issues, just stress, mm -hmm. fatigue, age of the engine, uh, you're screwed. Ford uh, might, they might give you assistance, but overall, yeah. Uh, I always and, recommend Andy K. Andy K. What kind of what kind of truck do you drive in the comment? Put that in the comment section, Andy K. Uh, curious. P-Day, uh, I won't message you. If you go check out my 
uh, fuel system, 6-7 fuel system videos, you will see the video that I made on my truck uh, draining the fuel water on it. And I actually show you what it looks like with water in it, just in case you didn't know. And go over how often you should be doing it. It's, a, it's not long. It's short. Good info packed in there. Um, hey, dropping knowledge on there because people are going to be like, so how long do I let it go for if I'm draining it. Well, water's going to be on the bottom. It's going to first thing coming out. And if you've never seen water in diesel fuel, you wear it there. You will there. So, PD, I, go check that out. I always recommend a month, but I've lived in Florida every month. But I lived in Florida, so you always, had, you always had water in there. Oh, yeah. Cody, read uh, Fred, Fred's comment there. I haven't particularly heard that, um, uh, but 1112s, I know they were kind of goofy anyway. Yeah. I always err on the oh. side of the four main things, then go from there. 550 utility body. Yeah. Ooh. Holy moly, utility Maybe. body. What are you Andy, doing with that? Andy yeah, K, what are you say. doing with that? You doing like a utility body repair? Yeah, what are you doing? Trailer you got, repair? You got a crane on it. Are you a sprinkler you got, dude? But wow, I didn't know. Because a five fifty's got a fourteen k ghost vehicle weight rating. Oh, let's let's it, let's I, guess I what he does it, before you come. Let's see. I think okay, it so he's more. a twenty one. He's gonna have like PTO. But he's got utility so body. Utility body. Maybe he's delivering like tires for like Tread Rock or something. Are you like a Michelin tire guy? Oh, dude, we got a Tread Rock truck in well, right he's now. Not, He's not, he's, he doesn't have a trailer on it. It's just a five paper. Oh, work on cranes. Work on cranes. Okay. 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 We get a lot of, uh, what's some dudes? Is it allied? No, not allied. Altec. We get a lot of Altec guys. I'll tell you what, them Altec guys, they got these five fifties extra long with the crane utility body in the back. Triple AC triple alternator i mean they got so much stuff packed on these six sevens i love can, my six you can seven. do a you can do a triple alternator i'm being facetious i mean, had had oh, dual factory dual alternator it had you can't say that because sean's like i want another alternator on my truck <laughs> <laughs> i'm sitting here thinking i'm sitting here thinking he's got three alternators how he's like that? wait wait how i need to get that inverter and this motherfucker's got three alternators how <laughs> Um, uh, Cody, hey, Matt. a 2457, is that a, is that a warped bypass door? Um, I was just going to ask, is that during the Keon engine run test? Because if it is, it's because the EGR valve is not opening. Hey, I don't remember what some of these codes well, are. Well, the bypass, the by if it doesn't see the change when the EGR moves, the bypass won't do its thing during the Keon engine run test. Oh, Andy's got no crane. No so crane. It'll, okay. No so crane. it'll set the efficiency code because it doesn't do the actual test during the. If that makes any sense. I don't know. Maybe the guy that called us hacks was the guy I called out on TikTok for using bottle jacks to jack up an engine and a cab to do an oil tan. Bet it was that guy. Man. Hey, Alltech. Matt. Oh, Matt. all tech lift. Oh, yeah, dude. Okay. I Here, look at buddy. Today, Matt, I figured out with the gear that I have in my truck, when I 
it doesn't back up very fast. I had to back up uh, on ramp getting stuck on 94 with flooding. Freaking A rights. Why and I'm like, just, well, round, just drive right I, through it. I, I should have turned around and went up, went up, drove up. But I'm like, I'll put it in reverse real quick. I'm like, I'm like 2,500 RPM, 10 miles an hour. <laughs> like, come on. People are like, go. Like, this guy was like coming at me like, why are you going so slow? Because <laughs> of those gears that I have and I won't, you know. You not want what? Good. I won't say it, but it's you not want good. what? It's not good at going four thirty gears. Four thirty gears. Cheers. It's not good at going in reverse at all. I'm like, cheers. Dang, you get ten miles an hour out of it in reverse. That's how. That's about all you get. Well, I mean, why you got go any faster? Just in that one. This is. I. This is my. I. I knew it was a little slower in reverse when plowing, but I never needed to go that fast. I'm like, yeah, it's a little slower. You know. But the my gas trucks got the got the 430 gear as well, and you got to drink to that too. Yeah, it's got the 430 gear as well, but I don't notice that because the, the gas engine's fine. It just it revs it out, and it's no factor. But with the diesel engine, it's like, hey, dude. hey, Cody, huh. can you tell me why the hell Ford says I need to pull the downpipe bolts off if I'm pulling the trans out of a 10 speed? I don't know. <laughs> i don't know there is no reason for it but you know what recall says do it so we do it <laughs> daddy diesel that's right cheers buddy 430 gears buddy <laughs> oh, oh synthetic oil buddy oh. what's the right. putty knife trick for when checking the egr for being partially stuck open i thought the pinpoint test wanted you to observe knocks one for an increase from the egr valve when being partially stuck open well if you'd use the putty knife trick you're actually sliding that in between the exhaust pipe to block it off to see if Knox is actually going up. If Knox one one's going up, then you know it's completely blocked off. It can't be the EGR leak. And then if you take that back off and Knox one one starts coming down, then you know that EGR valve's got to be leaking if you've commanded it closed. It's leaking. It's either the seat's Usually what I see is the cab chassis ones because they're the cast iron um, valve. I got a, a good video of removing that. Um, it will uh, do just that, you know, kind of what you're, what you're, uh, what you're experiencing. So I hope that kind of cleared that up, but uh, yeah, it's kind of a, kind of a tricky bugger getting better at them. Just when you think you have, you know, the last 11 years, these trucks or 10 years, rather, uh, these trucks figured out. Uh, I'm telling you, you figure something else new out that you didn't know. It's only going to get worse at the end of July. Mm. Ain't that right, Mr. Cody? <clears throat> if you can't do a 207F or a 20EE, well, we thought we were going to have that happen soon. Freaking tighten your pants schedule for trans fluid change on my 10 speed what's the schedule the schedule would still be my recommendation i would still you know be doing it uh um you know i guess it's going to depend on how you use it there's nothing wrong with the drop of the pan throwing some new fluid in there these new ones uh, i have a video i was um, about to say if you don't have a pressurized vessel to get that fluid yeah. in I have a, a video coming up how to properly 
check your transmission fluid in your 10R140 if you did just a pan and a filter or if you did a complete transmission overhaul. There's actually two fluid filling procedures. So uh, not that you all are going to have to do the one if you did the overhaul, but if you do want to do on your back, uh, doing the DIY um, repairs at home, I'm going to show you the Harbor Freight tool that I bought that works fantastic to fill your trans fluid up. There's a procedure. Uh, we'll go over that in the video um, of how to do so. And now that these things are gonna be having miles on it and we're gonna to have to tear them out for that customer satisfaction program when they do come in. Matt, I, Cody, we're all gonna to have to fill even DS. If he's gonna be the dude underneath his truck changing his trans fluid, we're all gonna to have to use uh, this same method, whether you're doing it with your right hand, I'm doing it with my left hand, this dude's doing it with his foot, this guy's doing it with a robot. It, it has to be done this exact mm -hmm. same way. So wow. um, it's kind of a pain, I think actually for the gassers because of the exhaust, cause you have the Y pipe. So thank you that we just have the DPF to worry about uh, on one side. I mean, we have the little tiny drive shaft on the other side, but uh, uh, thank God we don't have the, to deal with the, uh, you know, the exhaust. So yeah, both the converters are right there. So Fred, are you trying to figure out if you would need a S110 or 130 or a Dana S140? That's probably what you're trying to figure out. Matt's your, your, your booty man. I don't, uh, I don't. Opus. Uh, <laughs> that's my answer to say, that. Uh, Opus yeah. is your only answer. Ta I can only wonder why that thing needs a rear axle. Is it because the pinion seals are bad? Puked all the fluid out? Is it because Ford didn't put enough, Ford or Dana didn't put enough fluid in them and they're afraid that the wheel bearings are going to lock up? Man, that you want to talk about a job that doesn't pay enough. Good. Putting put hub bearings in a freaking bread truck for 2.1 hours under a program that ain't enough time forward. Bum, yeah. bum, bum. And then you got to squeeze 14 quarts of fluid into that son of a gun. It's a, it's a, it's a pain in the butt sometimes, but. Man, I, I remember doing trans uh, pan and fluid. It was like you poured it in a dipstick tube. Now there's no dipstick tube. Nope. And yeah. so, Sean, you want to know something interesting about that new fluid, the ULV fluid? What about? Dude, you would think that stuff was coolant if you didn't know any better. Are you serious? It is so thin. Aaron can back me up on that. Mm -hmm. Oh, does it's not, it's not green, is it? Or it's not orange, no, it's whatever. <laughs> It's still red. It's so still... why would I think it's coolant? Are you, what are you trying to say, Matt? You would think it's coolant because I'm gonna think pours... the coolant's red. Oh my oh, god, Sean, man. will Jeez. you shut up and that's let a me dig. talk? Shut so up. it would be great shut diesel up. fuel, right? That's a that was yes. a dig at me. I'm drinking to that. <laughs> it wasn't a dig. This is so anyone that's looking at this was like, well, this fluid's kind of watery. It is by nature nah, a very, very mm -hmm. low viscosity. Watery. So, so what does it smell like? I don't know. Smell like cover. No, dude, it kind of smells so like. It's, so you know it's when... red and it smells like trans fluid. And I'm going to think it's coolant. 
No, it smells so like when you I come ever, into you ever when work, I come into when I come into your up, shop, shut when up. I come into your shop with a coolant <laughs> reservoir full of trans fluid. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> customer put coolant in his reservoir bottle. So customer put trans fluid. fluid. Customer put trans fluid in Sean his shows coolant. Sean pumping country music. I don't know. I thought that was the coolant symbol. <laughs> It oh, seemed Fred, watery. So, so yeah, Fred, it seemed watery. Fred's doing the recall. Uh, <sighs> that's funny. The recall shows we have a hundred and thirty. Oh my goodness! No, they have a one thirty. Have a one thirty. I'm just oh. waiting. I'm just waiting for this comment section to explode from me yelling at Sean. Be sure to shake the bottles. Oh yeah, it's so mad. It's thin. So, um, Fred, if you've got a, ultra, ultra low friction fluid or something, the brakes are usually all the same on those from my experience. Uh, oh, the axle Yikes. shaft snapped. Yikes. I don't know if you can load time and service an axle housing. Can you load time and service anything? Engines. Yeah. I load time and service to 650 on a, yeah, a 650. 1212. I did a yep. Shelby motor. And, uh, man, that was not low time and service. It took a while for stuff to show up. So, Matt, what's the point of it being thin? Uh, just just like, oh, this, this is thin. I, I don't know if I'd even... Reduce agree. friction and better fuel economy. EPA, it's so, man. EPA. It's, it's, Matt, it's so thin that it catches like... Cody, we... Aaron and I were thinking about talking about stuff and we're like, you know what? It's just better that we don't talk about it. So I have very you're, mixed feelings about this. You're right. Very I've never, I've never seen really thin. I mean, I never even, I don't know. I never thought about thin trans fluid before. It's that thin. Jesus it's like, Christ, Fred. Fred got us. What do you get you with? Read it. Oh, man. Uh, that is right buddy black ford backwards is driver returned on foot <laughs> first on race day well the this might be a good time to end the l super chat um i really appreciate the guys who came through uh made donation to the channel answering questions here uh just talking about trucks and 430 gears and axle swaps and watery fluid. It's, uh, I appreciate everybody watching, coming through, um, uh, doing the live stream questions. And uh, yeah. When do you guys want to hear us? Do you guys want to hear us at freaking 10 o'clock on a Saturday night or do you want it during the week? When do you guys not have golf league? Please, Dude, I got it on Wednesday. Sorry, man. I can't. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go change my coolant to that new red stuff that Matt's telling me about. Dude, go put for it right it. here in my 6.2. <laughs> it's all you. All right, you guys. Catch me next time. Check us out on our social media. Matt, Cody, DS. Oh, I um, thought you wanted me to send us out. Oh, and Matt... Here we go. Thanks for watching us tonight, everybody. And here is Matt. Don't forget to spay and neuter your uh, pets, animals, hamsters, livestock. We'll see you later.